Welcome to Emron's podcast, episode number 33. This is your host, Suman Silwal. Consistency in training and consistency in racing. Don't go overboard too early. Visit emruns.coms to listen to our previous podcast shows, links to our social media channels, and more. I'd like to welcome David Riddle to Emron's podcast. David, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Have you recovered from Pinhoti 100? Just barely. It, it took almost a, a full week to recover, but I think I'm uh, almost there uh, a week later. How long does it usually take you to recover from a 100-miler? Well, I've only run two, um, and uh, so I'd, I'd say about a week is probably normal. This one wasn't quite as bad as Western States, my, my first 100, but um, it did. Uh, the, the soreness lingered, along, uh, lingered on for about six days, so it takes a while. Yes, for some, six days is not a while, but <laughs> for for your standard, maybe it's a while. What is usually, you you run like 50Ks. I know I have seen you running Mount Mist and other races in Alabama. Uh, how long does it usually take you to recover from those 50Ks? Uh, 50K, you know, it really depends on how hard I run. Uh, if I'm racing all out, yeah, probably three or four days. Uh, a couple more days for a 50-miler and then a, a full week for a 100-miler seems to be it now. That's just to get rid of the soreness and everything. I'm, I'm certainly not ready to run fast again a week after a 100-miler. I'm still tired for sure, but just the, the soreness is, is gone after a week. What kind of recovery process do you use? I don't have anything specific. Um, I, I can tell you I was a voracious eater last week. Uh, I just I ate everything and couldn't could never get completely full. So I don't really restrict my diet in any way, especially the week after a, a hundred. Um, and then just, I think I took three days off completely, no running, and then started back with three miles, four miles, five miles, six miles, kind of just a real gradual build back up just to kind of uh, shake out the rust and, and get loosened up again after a few days completely off. That sounds pretty good. Talking about running, can you tell us about your running journey? Yeah, sure. Um, I started running probably in elementary school middle school fourth grade was really the first time i remember doing uh running a mile at school and and realizing i had some talent for it um i started running competitively in the the seventh grade Uh, i was running for the high school cross country team and so i ran in uh you know junior high and high school Uh, i went to auburn and walked on to the track and cross country team at auburn and uh continued to improve uh, never was on scholarship there uh, athletically, but um, uh, ended up being a decent uh, collegiate runner. And then after college, I uh, focused on road marathons for a few years and then uh, gradually got sucked into the, the trail running and, and the ultra running. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much a lifelong runner. So what did it make you to run trail versus running roads? Well, <clears throat> after college, when I focused on the road marathon and I was – initially kind of targeting the Olympic trial standard in the the marathon and it was 222 at the time and I ended up running 226 and then kind of right around that time they lowered the standard to 218 I believe and when they dropped the standard it kind of took the wind out of my sails and kind of made that goal a little a little too far out of reach and at the same time I was uh, done with college and back in Huntsville uh, working uh, as an engineer and around uh, a bunch of guys like uh, Dwayne Satterfield, Rob Younger, and Dink Taylor. And just being around those guys in the Mountain Mist community uh, kind of sucked me into the trail running and away from the roads. And I seemed to, to take to it pretty well, uh, could run fast on the trail. So I just uh, got uh, sucked in and never looked back. 
Yeah, you are a phenomenal trail runner. I have seen you, watched you, heard about you uh, throughout the years, and uh, you have broke many records at Mountain Mist as well. So, so you you enjoy running the trails, correct? Much more than roads. Do you? Are you back in the roads too, or are you strictly <clears throat> trail now? Uh, well, I, a lot of my training is on the roads, honestly, and I don't I don't have a problem with with the roads, and it's not that I don't like it. Um, it just the, the trails. Uh, more interesting to me right now i think i've kind of grown out of the roads and certainly for ultra running i think i'm just naturally better at the longer ultra distances and um yeah certainly trails are more fun if you're going to run for for more than a marathon distance i think you said you have only done 200 miler but for you what is your favorite distance it's tough it's kind of evolved it used to be um you know 50k and it's probably more in the 50 mile to 100k range the I'm still figuring out the the hundred milers, so I'm not sure it's my favorite distance right now. But but let's say fifty milers right now. So talking about this, uh, uh, your running career and you have been running all this time. What were your struggle up to this point? Well, before uh, a few years ago, I really hadn't had a whole lot of struggles running. I mean, I'd never been you know great a great great runner but i'd also been injury free for probably 20 years of running which most people can't say that if they've come through the high school and college levels but but uh three years ago i got injured and broke my pelvis and that was a a pretty big setback um so i i uh when i finally did get injured i got the big one and uh that that put me back for a while so it was really hard to to work through that and i'm just finally this year getting getting back into racing form again after almost three years of being off the, being off the scene as a healthy runner. So during those time, what did you do? Did you cross-train other things, or, or you just uh, didn't run at all? What kind of resume did you use on those times when you were off running? Yeah, well, when I so I had a, a seven-year running streak when I was diagnosed with this stress fracture. I'd run every day for seven years, um, and when it first happened, I said, all right, I'm done with the running streak and I just let it go. And so it was actually a relief in some way because I didn't know how I was going to stop running every day and knew I had to eventually. But so I just stopped running every day. And, and for the first few months, it was really good. I was free and uh, really enjoyed the time off and not having to worry about it. But after a couple months, I realized that, that I was still in some pain and it wasn't getting it wasn't healing as fast as I had hoped. So um, that was, you know, midsummer, and uh, I decided to get a, a road bike so I could uh, ride ride a bike uh, as cross training, and so I did that a little while and got plugged into that. Got got a road bike and rode for a while, and probably off and on for a year did that as I was gradually working back into running. But um, really, I didn't do a lot of cross training. I'm I like to say I'm not really I don't run for exercise. I, I run to, to compete and to race. And so, um, I didn't really, I didn't really want to cross train or swim or do the elliptical to stay fit. I, I wanted to run again. So, um, I just focused on trying to, to get healthy and, and get back into running as quickly as possible. But I did ride, ride the bike for a while and that was fun for a little while, but it's not running. So whenever you did this seven years of running every day, um, how many miles did you used to run those time? I think I averaged uh, about 11 miles a day over that period. I was running 4,000 miles a year for the in the heart of that that seven year streak. So I was uh, you know 80, 90 miles a week average. Were you most of these miles? So do you run really hard, hard, or do you run slow, or do you come uh, mix 
in between? It, How does it work? It's a good mix. Um, I'd say early on in that seven-year streak, I was running one long run. It was probably more marathon-type training, one long run and two workouts, the rest easy runs. <clears throat> and as I've transitioned more into the ultra-marathoning, I started to uh, I keep that one high-intensity workout a week. I try to. Um, but it's more like two long runs, probably back to back on the weekends and then the one, one workout midweek and the rest easy runs is kind of how I structure it now. So th that's how you do it now. So that's how you, you're going to continually train yourself. It just depends on what the, the goal race is. Um, you know, for a hundred, it was uh, a little bit different. I definitely had to back off the intensity on the midweek workout. And focus a little more on the back-to-back -back long runs or one super long run on the weekend. Uh, if I go back to 50Ks uh, and to some extent 50 milers, I'll, I'll kind of bring back the one or two workouts and make those more of a focus, reduce the back-to-back the -back long run a little bit. Changing topic a little bit, uh, you had a great run at Pinhoti. Was that your first run race after you came back from injury? No, I've kind of been working my way back gradually. There have been some smaller races. I started 2016 with a like a trail half marathon, and then I did a trail uh, marathon, and then I did a road marathon, and then a trail 50K and a trail 50 mile, and then a 50 miler this fall to, in kind of my lead up training to the to Pinhoti. Let's focus on Pinhoti now. Um, I saw you coming through the ball rock uh, a station as i was arriving and you just speed through so fast i think hardly anybody were set up what was your experience uh can can you talk us talk to us about the pinhoti experience yeah it was it was great um uh so i i started off and probably within a half mile definitely a mile i was uh kind of running alone uh and i knew it was kind of going to be a a long day running alone, and I. But if I just stuck to my race plan, that I would be okay and, and wouldn't need to, to look over my shoulder. So uh, I just uh, tried to keep the pace really, really relaxed. Um, I knew what some other folks had done, pace-wise, through the course, and so uh, I kind of had that to be my my goalposts and my competition, basically, to to see if I could uh, get uh, Carl Meltzer's uh, course record. And so I just uh, was tried to stay really relaxed through the first three three aid stations, and then uh, work into a rhythm uh, and get get up to Bald Rock without too much damage. Um, I, I had heard that the climb to Bald Rock really wasn't as bad as it looked on the course profile, but I was still surprised how quickly I got up there. Um, I was really just trying to to relax, and then I'm poop. I was up on top of the mountain and on the <laughs> little boardwalk there and, and rolling through and there's so many people there uh cheering on and everything i probably got a little too excited and ran a little too hard coming out of there i think of course uh, on the backside you you drop down and i ran a couple seven flats or sub seven minute miles there at mile 45 or so probably a little too fast uh, but yeah about that time the aid stations were were uh kind of running behind i guess <laughs> they weren't weren't quite set up yet and one guy in a truck said, I told them to get set up for you down the road. They're, they weren't quite ready, but I told them you're coming. And so uh, they, uh, they they adjusted as best they could. Um, and some of them, even though they weren't fully set up, would just get a plate of, of a few things out for me uh, to have close by so that when I came through, they were ready. And, and then uh, my parents were crewing for me 
And so that, that took care of me most of the time. And, uh, a little bit later in the race, I started having some stomach issues and, uh, I even texted, took out my phone and texted forward to my parents to, to ask them to get, get some soup ready at the aid station. Cause I knew they probably wouldn't have anything ready for me when I got there. And I felt like I needed some, some soup to help settle my stomach. Uh, yeah. So probably I, I felt really good till mile 55 and I kind of had my first low energy point. And, uh, then my stomach kind of started to turn, turn south on me and I had some, some nausea and wasn't really able to keep keep anything down um so i switched switched to water and ginger ale at the aid stations and i pretty much ran the last 40 miles on on ginger ale at aid stations and water in my handheld so pretty uh pretty low calorie regimen the last 40 miles and it was kind of a slog i it wasn't very pleasant being upset to my stomach that's for sure. But uh, I just told myself to keep moving forward. I knew I was still on course record pace, so I can't quit if you're in the lead and on course record pace. So I just had to keep moving forward, and I did. And um, there were some some tough times there, but uh, eventually I made it to mile 85 and saw my crew again, and and knew I could could get to the finish with the downhill and the and the Jeep road that was left. And so I just uh, kept putting one foot in front of the other and uh, ran home and. Crossed the line. It was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty quiet finish line when I got there. There's really nobody else there, but but the race director and the camera guy and my my parents. Sounds like uh, you surprise everybody, including our aid station at the Ball Rock. But that's uh, that's amazing story because uh, um, even the speed that you run and even your your speed and the the caliber you run having a similar problem. People who run even thirty hour been uh, hoodie, you know, stomach problems. Did you have any heat issues? Um, it was it got really hot around mid midday, or you 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 didn't have any issue like that? No, I don't think the the heat really bothered me. Um, I, the fifty miler that I ran in September as kind of in as part of my training um, was um, Georgia Jewel, and it got up to ninety one in that race. So with that training and kind of just being in general hot hot this fall. Uh, it actually never, I never felt too hot, um, getting up into the mid seventies or wherever it got. Um, I'd say, you know, there were some forest fires out there around that time. And, and when my stomach turned, it was kind of one of those periods running through the forest fires. And I kind of wonder if that breathing the smoke and that smell just kind of tripped me up a little bit. So that may have been more of a factor to me than the heat really. So how does it feel to break a course record at Pinhoti? It's not an easy, easy record to break. You know that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm really excited uh, to, to break a course record by, by, set by someone like Carl um, in a race that's fairly well respected and raced. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I thought I could do it, um, but you never know in 100, and, and especially since I've only run one 100 before, and it's been three years. But my training this fall had been really good, and uh, everything was, was in place. I just needed to execute on race day, and um, you know there's always something that's going to happen in 100, and my stomach was the thing this time. But uh, I just kept kept moving and, and pulled it off, so I'm, I'm really excited uh more than anything that I just kept kept moving and I didn't give up I think that's the biggest thing and I was still able to to dip under the record definitely um that's that's the big thing I guess if for any any racer who's out there running doesn't matter what distance but you know just keep on going 
and trying to get to finishing line. It's a struggle for a hundred, but it's it's a struggle for even running a marathon that I that I had last weekend. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's just amazing when when your mind tells you it's time to quit when you're ready to quit. If you can overcome that, how how resilient your body is and how far it can can keep going if you really if you really want to. And that always impresses me when I when I get in a race like that. So whenever you come to the lowest point, uh, when you whenever you're running hundred, I think you said about mile fifty five or so. How did you overcome? Is it uh, purely came from the heart, or or there's other external factor too? Well, you know, at first it, you you hit a, a low energy point, and you just say, well, <clears throat> let me just work through this one. I'll just get to the next aid station. And so I kind of did that, and I kind of got through the low energy. I knew I needed some calories. I got to the low energy point. But then my stomach started to, to go bad, and, and I wasn't able to get calories. So I just knew I, A, had to slow down, um, and B, keep moving. And so I just combined those two things. And it was just, uh, well, just get to the next aid station, and then you can reevaluate how you're feeling. And so I, I'm super focused on just getting to the next aid station. I don't think about the rest of the race or anything else. Just get to the next aid station. Uh, get get whatever I need, soup or ginger ale, or uh, get taken care of. And um, you know, some of those I, I don't typically like to sit down, but some of those near the end when my stomach was really bothering me, I sat down for a minute or two. But after a while, I just felt good enough. I'm like, well, I just can't I can't sit here forever. I might as well start walking to the next aid station. So I got up and started walking. And then after a while, I get bored with walking and say, well, this is this is too slow. I don't want to walk. I'd rather just run slow. So I start running slow. But but really, it's just focusing on the next mile, the next, you know, you get the next step in, get the next mile in, get to the next aid station. And I, I can't drop until I get to the next aid station. Well, then I get to the next aid station. I'm like, well, I can do one more aid station. So I'll, I'll go to the next aid station. And so I... I really just try to break it into pieces because if you think about it as a hundred mile or 16 hours or 30 hours, however it's going to take, uh, you just can't mentally process that. So you really have to divide it up and take it in bite-sized pieces. Definitely. That's, uh, that's very important. That's, that's what I do a lot of time. Go from a station to a station, especially when I start slowing down. So it's like, okay, I got to just go from a station to a station or a water stop to water stop. That's usually what I end up doing. Tell us about how is your pinnacle climb. I know you mentioned about ball rock. I usually tell people that ball rock is the highest climb and then pinnacle is the hardest climb. Oh, definitely. I agree. Pinnacle was, was really tough. And that was right in the worst part of my stomach issues. Uh, I hadn't taken calories for probably a couple hours at that point. I had been told it was it was a really hard climb, but I really wasn't given any details. I heard a lot more details afterward about how you could hear the music for miles before you could actually see or, or get to the aid station. So um, I was a little surprised by that because I could hear it and then just kept going and going. But I, I pretty much walked that whole thing. Uh, anytime I tried to, to run uphill at that point, I was um, uh, either dry heaving or, you know, getting sick to my stomach. Uh, so I just pretty much had to power hike that whole whole thing. And it felt like it took forever. And uh, that was one of the first aid stations I sat down at. I remember I just sat on the ground and just said, you know, I'm, I'm done. I can't keep anything down. <laughs> but they got me some uh, ginger ale and um, uh, refilled my bottle with just water. And uh, I felt better in a couple minutes and said, oh, well, I guess I better start walking then. So I kept moving. 
Yeah, I actually saw your picture uh, posted in one of the timeline a friend of mine posted. You're at the pinnacle. And it was amazing because we were still working at the A station at the Ball Rock. So, <laughs> so you're, you're moving pretty fast. Uh, talking about Pinhoti, um, uh, is there anything different you will do looking back if you have to do it again? Um, you know, I, I still got a lot of work to do on my nutrition plan. I can't honestly tell you what, what I would do different at this point, but something's got to be done differently. Other than that, it was good. My, I mean, my legs felt great the whole day. Uh, I didn't really have any chafing or blisters or any toenail issues or anything like that. It was just my stomach. That That's it. So, um, and, uh, honestly, Penhody was really my first real nighttime running experience. I really hadn't ever done a race in the night. Uh, you know, Western States, it's in the middle of the summer and <clears throat> it was just getting to be dusk when I finished, uh, that one back in 2012. So the night running was a new experience for me, but it went, it went surprisingly well. I really didn't have any problem with it at all. So, um, that was, uh, a really good good thing so yeah just work on my nutrition plan i think that's that's all that i really want to focus on now sounds like you had a great pinhoti run and uh somebody told me that uh at the finishing line that uh, since the carl's uh, record has been broken he may be back to challenge his record again so <laughs> you may have to I, come, come back i'd love to see it just just let it let him know uh let me know and uh maybe i'll come run with him a little while and let's see if i can defend defend my my record yeah i ran uh, lake martin uh last mars and carl was there he laughed me about mile 55 or something it is a loop course at lake martin so he kind of laughed me so but he can run so oh yeah he just he just uh puts it in gear and motors yeah he's i i didn't realize he was fast but the way he was moving he was moving he was moving speed so <laughs> so yeah We'll we'll have to let him know that his record has been broken and he needs to come down and defend his record and you guys can sort it out. All right. Uh, David, I'm ready to start the M-Run sprint round. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. What type of shoes do you wear? Uh, Solomon, the S-Lab uh, Wings, Wings 8, I think, are my current favorite. Do you wear that uh, for racing, training, or all? Um, a little bit of everything. I, I have a lot of Solomon shoes, so I can mix it up pretty good. What type of GPS device do you use? Uh, Sunto. I was wearing the Sunto Spartan Ultra at Pinhoti. Is this Pinhoti, is it your fastest time? Yes. Um, uh, 1642 was what I ran at Western States, and 1624 is what I ran at Pinhoti, so improved my, my 100-mile PR at uh, Pinhoti. Are you a downhill racer or uphill climber, or do you like both? Ooh, I, honestly, I'm neither. I'd say I'm a, a flat. I fly on the flats because that's what I, you know, grew up doing and track and cross country and stuff. So I think I can do okay climbing and descending, but I'm I'm much better when it's flat. Are you a only a trail runner or a road runner or both? I think you said both, correct? I'm both. I'm both. And you have a, no preference on, other than racing on the trail, or or do you race both places? Uh, I race both. I did a road marathon this spring, so I'm not afraid of it. But if I'm going to do an ultra, I'd prefer it to be on the trails. Definitely. Yeah, I have done an ultra, that uh, what you call time event, and a sort of loop. Oh, it was it was driving me crazy. But uh, what type of hydration plan do you use uh, for the summer or the, even the winter now? 
Uh, what what do you mean by that? Like, what do I drink? Yeah, what what do you drink? Do you carry a bottle? Do you carry a <clears throat> backpack? What, what kind of other things are you doing for your hydration, total hydration plan? Um, well, in the summer, if I'm going longer than an hour and a half or two hours for sure, I, I usually carry a handheld bottle, either plain water or um, I've been drinking Sword uh, energy drink lately. It seems to be working pretty well. Um, and in the winter, unless I'm going past two hours, I probably won't carry any, any type of hydration. Um, but I, I prefer, definitely prefer a handheld bottle. And if I need to refill, find a water fountain or something like that, if I'm running in the city, but I don't, I don't usually do the hydration pack approach. Yeah. I'm not a big in hydration pack, but I think I need to use it some races, not all. Uh, do you follow any training plans? Um, I write my own training plan. So, uh, yes, I follow a training plan, but it's it's mine. I'm self-coached. We, you briefly talked about the nutrition. What kind of nutrition plan do you follow? Uh, that's a work in progress, <laughs> as I've already <laughs> talked about. Uh, it's uh, constantly changing, so it would be unfair to say yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing because I don't. Maybe in a couple of years when we do this interview again, you can tell us what how your nutrition works. I, I hope so. What is your favorite race so far? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to go with Mountain Mist right now. That That's a real special one that I haven't been able to do in a few years. I know that you have broke many records there. Are you coming back next year? Yes, I'm I'm currently planning to run Mountain Mist. Hopefully I'll see you there. Is there any, any race that you have not run so far that you like to run? Oh, there's lots of races that I haven't run yet that I'd, that I'd like to run. Um, let's see, off, off the top of my head right now, Strolling Gym has been on my, my list for a while. I'm are registered for the Barkley Fall Classic next fall. I just want to see what, what Frozen Head State Park is like. I don't think I really want to run the, the real Barkley Marathons, but I, I'm curious to see what Frozen Head's like and just get a little taste of it. Um, and there's a, there's a few more Um races that I like to do for sure that I can't think of right now. Are you going to go back to Western State again this year, next year? <clears throat> yeah, well, I, I entered the, put my name in the hat for the lottery with my Pinhoti, um qualifier. Um, and I'm considering trying to get into a race uh, to get an auto entry to Western State. So that's definitely, uh, definitely on my list. What about the hard rock? There's a lot of ultra marathon they love to run them. They, they have a yeah. hard rock at the their top of their list, so... You know, Hard Rock, uh, I, I have a struggle with that one a bit. Um, never say never. I, w- I won't count it out, but it's it's a little more of a, a hiking type event for me than than running. I just don't have any way to to train for that kind of elevation change. And as more of a pure runner, I don't think it would suit my skills yet. But it's um, uh, undoubtedly beautiful. A couple years ago, I hiked Tandy's Peak with a couple friends. So uh, I've been up there in that area is, is beautiful and it would be cool just to be out there and experience that that scenery but um it's probably a few years away as far as trying to to run it definitely um i forgot to ask you this question earlier you moved from huntsville area to cincinnati what kind of trails do you have around cincinnati area yeah trail running in cincinnati it's honestly it's tough um we do have uh a mountainary forest, which is a decent place to run trails, and it's where the Stone Steps 50K is, is kind of the only, I guess is, is the only ultra in Cincinnati proper. Um, and there are a few other places in the area, but I mostly do most of my trail running at, at Mountainary Forest. Before we conclude this interview, can you give a word of advice to those beginner runner, trail runners, and ultra runners 
uh, who likes to run, compete, or, or at least be out there? Yeah, I, I think my word of advice is consistency. Um, consistency in training and consistency in racing. And uh, don't don't go overboard too early. Don't pile on the mileage too much. Don't don't run too much intensity. But it's really about uh, making running a lifestyle. If you want to be really good, make running a part of your lifestyle and enjoy the process and not just the end result. And if you can learn to love the process of self-improvement and training consistently, uh, then it will make you a, a great racer. Great. Sounds like great advice. Uh, thanks for your time, David. Uh, we'll see you at Mount Mist, and if not before. Thank you. I, I look forward to it and appreciate you having me on today. Thanks for listening to another episode of Embrun's Podcast. If you're an iTunes user, please rate, review, and subscribe to our channel. And also review show notes to get some of the links to products and website discussed during this episode.